from the timeless display of excellence titled Good Kid, Mad City, I hit the back window in search of any Nintendo. DVDs, plasma screen, TVs in the trunk. We made a right, then we made a left, then we made a right, then we made a left. We was just circling life. My mom called, hello? What are you doing? Kicking it. I should have told her I'm probably about to catch my first offense with the homies. Welcome to Security Today. We are at episode seven, season one, and I am the security industry's coolest uncle, Uncle Bear. That's B-A-E-R for a lot of reasons. And follow me, mainly there wasn't a handle, but follow me right now on Instagram and, and Twitter at Uncle B-A-E-R underscore and this podcast on Insta at Security Today Podcast. Now, if you want to support the podcast through a sponsorship, go ahead and just DM me on Instagram and you can find out how season two is coming up and you can be a really big player in it. Look, we're halfway through our season. This is the halfway episode, so welcome. Come on in, have a drink. Not too much. Now, let me recap and talk about uh, season one and what we've been talking about halfway through. Look, usually we get on here, we're like, let's talk about what we're going to talk about, but now we're going to talk about what we have talked about. So this is our halfway season. I'm so pumped. Listen, I've been... receiving some awesome support on Instagram and from the security today, the um, security itself, and the low voltage nation communities. You've just been pumping it. You've been interacting with me through DMs and through comments and you've been posting your own stuff and really, you know, getting out there, getting that gold standard, becoming better integrators and it is just lovely to see. Absolutely lovely. Let's talk about what we have talked about. I don't know if you have if this is your first episode, here's a preview of what you're going to go back and listen to for the next couple of hours and if you've been listening, you now will be recapped on what we've listened to and you can be like, "Oh yeah, I can listen to that again. They're very replayable." All you have to do is scroll up and hit play again and you can hear it look this is what we talked about remember that hike is implementing programs to enslave muslims into re-education camps like why does he not stop talking about that no look pdk and digital watchdog had a baby and it was awesome we talked about that we talked about how pdk works highlighted them and it was freaking awesome uh we also talked about moore's theory and broken window theory these theories that we try to put into our minds so that we can see the big picture and come into the job with method so that we're not just looking at the hardware in front of our face and never growing and uh, becoming old and gray and sad that we didn't do anything with our life. Look, we discussed the opioid crisis in Notre Dame, some huge topics that were in our eyes and in our ears over the last several years and the future of fire production, fire production, fire protection, hopefully not production. I want to remind you of these topics that we addressed and then um, go into the other half of this season just ready and willing so this season will be 13 episodes that's what our seasons are going to be 13 episodes a couple uh weeks off maybe a month or two and then back into another season so that we can freshen up you know powder the underarms and poof the hair and come back out just raring and blaring and uh i also want to remind you what we're trying to accomplish here which i talked about in the first episode but look i want to talk about relevant security news that's going to be a big thing we chit chat every week about things that are going on in our industry and uh, what we're seeing and then we also talk about security methods and theories 
Um, we talk about these issues, these methods, these topics that will cause us to think and become better security integrators. Whether you're the locksmith, the access control guy, the fire and alarm tech, my Berg brothers and sisters, surveillance gurus, or even the security design specialist, this podcast is catered and chopped and screwed. <laughs> remix style for you because I want us to be really looking at what we need um, in our industry, how we are going to provide that for ourselves and all take part and really just give what we have to give and then how we're all going to grow in the security industry at least in um, you know 2020 and as long as I'm in it and we're in it is going to be top notch, is going to be delivering really good things into this really bad world, it appears. So we really have a uh, stage and a pedestal to shine. So let's do it, people. All right, here we go into the other half of the season. Let's talk about our sponsor. Limkey Lockworks is sponsoring the rest of the season. If you want to join him, like I said, DM me. The Door Experts, south of the Green Bay area. Uh, area. Limkey Lockworks has been in the locksmith industry for 25 years. They work in residential, commercial, the installation of hollow metal doors, smart home, and access control. And you can check them out online at LimkeyLockworks.com. Follow them on Instagram at LimkeyLockworks. That's L-E-M-K-E Lockworks. And then let them know that you heard of them here. And they'll be like, really? And you'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, cool. And you'll be like, cool. And then I'll be in the background like, cool. I brought you two together. (laughs) Let's talk about what we're going to talk about, okay? We're going to talk about something called routine activity theory today. That's RAT, R-A-T. And then we're going to talk about why theories surrounding our industry are important to know and understand. Mastering the craft, the gold standard that goes beyond the physical work. We're going to talk about the technician is more effective when aware of method. That's a key thing. I'm really glad I wrote that. Let me talk about that again. The technician is more effective when aware of method. We're also going to talk about knowing how it all works all the way through because we want to be able to view big. You see the maglock works, but from a meta macro point of view, you must see why it all works, okay? And we're also going to talk about um, the capable guardian. We're going to touch on that too, exactly what that means, some resources in it, and it is going to be fun. Let's chit chat. Tiffany and company had to move 114,000 gyms worth millions of dollars earlier this month as it prepared to renovate its iconic Fifth Avenue location in New York City, and that's when the boys got back together, and it was Ocean 17. No, but this was a perfect setup if it was ever going to be one, but Tiffany knows better. Tiffany knows better. Tiffany had to move all the necklaces, bracelets, and rings from its 10-story location just down the street to its temporary home for the duration of the renovations. That was a big sentence. The jeweler hired 30 security officers to oversee the move, ensuring that nobody would be able to take advantage of the situation to steal the valuable items. Their work was supplemented by 300 security guards in flagship location and in the temporary location and along the street. Not 300 security guards, my bad, 300 security cameras. They had them in the streets, the location they were going to, and the location they were coming from. 
And also on the street, New York City police officers added an extra layer of security watching the jewelry as it was toted down Fifth Avenue to the temporary location. Each cart trundling down the street had been checked twice and then sealed in plastic shrink wrap. Tiffany kept the move quiet, engaged a security firm to scan social media for any mentions of the process, and finally, the jeweler put up a tent outside the temporary location to block outsiders' view into the store and ensure privacy as... uh, Executives checked the loca- or the carts against their list, and the items were unpacked. And then Tiffany confirmed that after the move, all of its items were successfully transported to the temporary location that had been accounted for. That is just a freaking awesome story. That would have been so much fun to be involved in the planning of that and to watch it play out and be successful. Um, and you're going to see how they did a couple things here to really make sure that routine activity theory was present. Look. Our product highlight is going to be later in the show when we touch on several products that help support and maintain the security guard who is our most common capable guardian. But first, let's get in to routine activity theory. Marcus Felsen and Lawrence E. Cohen were exploring reasons for the exceeding crime rate since the late 40s. They started with the question from their 1979 American Sociological Review paper titled Social Change in the Crime Rate Trends, a Routine Activity Approach. Now they asked why. We must ask, have urban violent crime rates increased substantially during the past decades when the conditions that are supposed to cause violent crime have not worsened have indeed generally improved? So from about the 40s to the 80s, crime rates have just kind of continually spiked. And then in the 90s, they got really bad, and there was a lot of things that we've already talked about, from broken window theory, putting you know stop and frisk, and uh, a lot of racial divide into things that just caused crime to go haywire. And then we're kind of on this downturn now um, from crime, and crime is actually decreasing every year, and it did last year as well. They developed a theory that stemmed from a school of thought called crime opportunity theory that suggests that offenders make rational choices. Choices, and thus choose targets that offer a high reward with little effort or risk a majority of the time. Now, unlike criminological theories of criminality, routine activity theory suggests that crime as an event closely relates crime to its environment and emphasizes an ecological process, thereby diverting academic attention away from mere offenders. And this was good seeing that early crime preventative thinking targeted African Americans and instilled the, quote, black criminal, unquote, that we are still reaping bad seed from today. So what they were able to do with routine activity theory is they were able to make sure that the academics were looking more at the opportunity of crime that was present in the environment and less at the criminal. Um, and this this was just good all around. But routine activity theory is founded, and the reason that that's good, by the way, is that when academics do that, these are the people showing up, giving their theories and statistics to help crime um, be be handled with law. So they tell this to lawmakers, and lawmakers make crimes based on this. The people making laws aren't necessarily criminologically uh, advanced or educated even, but they are listening to these experts. So when experts take a theory and they take it away from somebody being the problem, thus making um, people now you know segregated or, or targeted, then then they put it on the environment, then you get more proactive things to happen uh, 
uh, in the security industry, in the lawmaking industry, in the future of criminolo- criminology and, and the theories that they're you know pushing forth. So this is a good thing. Anyways, routine activity theory is founded on three elements needing to be present for a crime to occur. Listen, a likely, number one, a likely offender with both criminal inclinations and the ability to carry out those inclinations. Number two, a person or object providing a suitable target. And number three, the absence of a guardian capable of preventing violation. These three things. Crime needs these three aspects, and crime prevention should surround schools of thought, implementations, and policies or practices to mitigate and remove all three of these aspects. And they should be focusing on at least one of them but hopefully all three. Let's go through and talk about these things. So let's start with the likely offender, okay? Uh, mm, the likely offender. Pacifying this aspect of routine activity theory really is a sociological and massive human relations problem. So there are environments you can exact some control in, like employee or company culture, but we'll talk about more of that in a minute. It is well documented and statistically proven that there are systemic problems that have been instilled and handed down in various cultures over various sets of people groups that contribute to ways of life and pre programming that is near to impossible to avoid falling into. The poor communities have got top-down and bottom-up pressures that statistically throw a large amount of people into a category of likely offender. Now, when you start dealing with ACE scores, um, or and and this is a test that you can take to see if you hit if you have markers in your childhood or you're growing up. Um, and when you talk about strain theory, where if there are several, if there are three or more strains, um, and those are all types of aspects. Maybe we'll bring both these things up on a later episode. Uh, but you're you're more likely to become an offender. It's almost guaranteed, and in certain parts of this country, it is almost definitely guaranteed. So, class different rate, class difference, racism, sexism, and several other parts from our uh, past rear their ugly heads from the corner of this likely offender dungeon that plagues a much larger portion of our country than you probably realize. The point of routine activity theory is to take the ecological process and the environment and show how crime materializes. Rat removes the judgment and the stereotype that leads to the inequality and the pickinism pick inism inism that demonizes the person and makes you no longer see them as human so look when it comes to the likely offender category just be kind empathize it's really good for you but it is true that there is needs to be a likely offender in the situation and when you look across the board there are definitely hot spots where likely offenders are almost guaranteed just because of the what they've been born into so just keep that in mind. Now, let's talk about company culture in the workplace. So you can actually begin to shift the company culture and the employee in the workplace with things that you can do because these are two also hot spots for likely offenders. Um, there's a good portion of crime that uh, in that on businesses that come from the inside out, not necessarily the outside in. So a couple of things that you can do to help that company culture is just like you can design community events. Um, you can show camaraderie through competition and reward. You can remove the likely offender among you through and you know and and 
try to make sure that you have um, maybe like a, what would it be, like a shout out system that if you see somebody doing something, if you see something, say something type of environment. And uh, because internal theft amounts to almost 33% of inventory shrink. And that's from 2018 in RSS survey. So it's a real issue. So there are things that we can do within the community and the company culture that we can make sure that the likely offender isn't coming within and our access control systems and our badging systems and all these things are protecting our more um, immediate threat, which is from the outside in, hopefully not from the inside out. Let's go on. Next is the person or object providing a suitable target. Now, the aspect this aspect specifically takes an out-of-the-box approach to begin mitigation and avoidance of a target being suitable in the equation. I know, this is a lofty theory, okay? You're probably like, why am I listening to this? But it's really important because if we can narrow this down, when you start to put um, or design security into a system, or if you're installing security, you will begin to notice, is this doing these things? Is it removing these three occurrences so that I know that whoever I'm providing security to because we are held to a higher standard talked about that in an early episode go back and listen to it that um, you know that the security I'm providing is actually working so back to the person or object of a suitable target look clearly it would be impossible to remove or delete the person or object so this weakening of the aspect must focus on the suitable factor we discussed in our episode on lighting, episode 5, about setting the mood of a space. We also discussed in episode 4 of Broken Window Theory in security application and how simple preventative maintenance and routine repair will reduce a target from even being seen as a suitable target. We, uh, using things like design, can take a desirable target or object and place it at the correct location on the site to alleviate the potential of it uh, being something for wandering eyes to long for. Now, there's this, there's this other theory in security called the concentric rings of security. So try to imagine a um, target that you would be shooting an arrow at, and you have these rings, and they get smaller as they get to the center. So in risk and threat assessments and building businesses and business continuity plans, it's key to label your assets. So what is valuable to the company or the homeowner? And those things, what, and of those things, what is most valuable? And then place multiple rings around those things. So if they have to badge into a door, they have to pass a uh, security guard, they have to talk to a secretary on the fifth floor, they have to badge into the office or be led into the office, you're, you're using these rings or these barriers to make them have to jump these uh, fences before they can get to things of uh, the most value. So when the target is a person, you begin to dabble in these social engineering aspects and construction of how that person is perceived to the public. That's another one. You then have many things to cover when dealing with personal protection, exit strategies, crime statistics, and what to avoid, etc. A topic of that magnitude and detail is really meant for another episode. It's like <laughs> we could probably have three episodes just on routine activity theory, but um, we'll talk about that another time. So finally, let's get to the capable guardian. So this brings us to our article of the week from Security Magazine uh, titled Product spotlight on guardhouses and guarding tools. I wanted to bring a little bit of tangible things to the table so that those listening who are security guards, those listening who interact with security guards, or those listening who employ security guards, I wanted to bring something that you could now suggest or that you could be in the know on. So listen up. 
This is the easiest aspect to implement, the capable guardian. It's hard to catch the likely offender before the offender is likely. And it's hard to make sure that all of your assets are not looking suitable. Those are difficult things, but finding the capable guardian to prevent the violation, well, that, that is something that you can probably implement tomorrow with a phone call. And this is through cops, through neighborhood watch, through alarm systems, bodyguards, principal, uh, you know, citizens, these types of things and these types of roles just being present, that's your capable guardian. So I want to highlight the security guard specifically with some of the things that I brought. As security technology and the threat landscape evolves in the guarding sector, enterprises have added canines, outdoor and indoor robots, x-ray machines, drones, and other methods as, uh, as tools to stay on top of the threats. Now, here's four solutions that security executives and enterprises can use to mitigate the risk, deter bad actors, and better protect their brand, constituents, and assets through beefing up the capable guardians. So, these are the four that I brought to the table through the Security Magazine article. Number one, Secure Tracks integrates G4S proprietary reporting technologies to provide enterprise with multifaceted reporting and real-time communication through a security program. Okay, Security officers use this program, Secure Tracks, to log incidents, track uh, post coverage, and provide managers with actionable information for immediate use. Uh, Secure Tracks also provides random verification of officers' lo locations, a discreet and silent panic button, and communications among personnel via phone calls and text messaging. It's basically like your Slack channel, but for your security guard team. Now that's huge because if you can implement communication through your capable guardians on site, you can really begin to make this aspect very beefy, very strong on present on or. Er, present on your site and on your what was I trying to say on your on your location or your business and when you and when you implement things like this and you put that factor in you are losing the opportunity for crime because you're put because you're automatically hitting number three of having a capable guardian now uh, you can find more about g4s secure tracks at www.g4s.com number two track force uh, Valiant is an all-in-one solution for security guard management. The integrated platform combines the frontline capabilities of TrackForce guard management solutions with the scheduling, the billing and payroll management for Valiant solutions, the mobile and desktop applications track, manage, and respond to security guard activity in real time, while also optimizing daily active activity report and incident reporting. GPS guard tracking, guard tour management, scheduling and attendance, loan worker protection, and more. Having both frontline and back office management ultimately allows managers to oversee workers with a high level of vigilance and ensure workers are performing well. This is at www.trackforce.com or www.valiant.com, V-A-L-I-A-N-T. This is kind of like G4S, but what you're getting is more of a management side of things. It's key that if you're going to have a capable guardian force on your site or at your company, that you are having it managed as efficiently as possible because poor management in this situation will actually remove it. And if you're not pouring into or you have an opportunity for a likely offender and a suitable target and this management drops the ball, you're going to have crime.
That's the way that it works. Moving on, number three, Par Cuts Bullet Resistant Security Booth. Awesome. Is a wielded, uh, I'm sorry, wielded, welded steel building, which is entirely factory assembled, assembled in Parcut International Plant. It features bullet-resistant construction, brick veneer, two-tone paint. The security booth is manufactured to customer order and includes a privacy restroom, bullet-resistant laminated glass windows, bullet-resistant walls, bullet-resistant door. The rooftop AC unit is concealed behind an extended roof fascia with a reveal uh, that is both functional and architectural. The booth is fully wired with factory-installed electrical and ready-for-site connection to service. It is shipped to the job site complete and ready for crane offloading and placement over a utility stub UPS. So this is at www.parkut.com. These things look amazing. This is the security booth that you're putting at your perimeter, your first concentric ring, the, the first hurdle that they're going to have to pass, and it's armored up. You're going to make sure that no one's going to drive up, pull a pistol, bam, one guy goes down in the, in the booth, and now they have an access to the entire uh, you know, grounds of the facility. So this is uh, something to, you know, at least, at least share. At least go there, look at them, and next time you're talking to a security guard, just be like, yo, bro, check this out. Look, the last one. Track Ticks Advanced Brake Management Solutions gives security enterprises peace of mind by making it easier to comply with changing brake rules and legislation and reduce legal and financial risk. This is a huge thing for security guards if you're going to implement them or if you're going to have them on site. Uh, while simultaneously increasing workforce flexibility and guard productivity, powered by TrackTick's back office suite, the solution enables multiple, multiple meal and rest break rules to be created instantly, and alerts can be set so that guards are always made aware of breaks for best performance. With an automatic audit trail feature include... Uh, including an at-a-glance overview of a guard's break schedule, simplified scheduling accord to according to positions rather than individuals, break reminders, and overriding features for changes in expectations. So both schedulers and guards are informed and empowered, and it also includes integration of information with payments and billing for streamlined operation. That's tracktick.com. This is huge, and I put this in here. It seems kind of odd, but I put this in here because this is one thing that is often forgotten about when we're implementing a guard force is that breaks are, well, number one, legally mandatory, but they also are something that is an essential piece to your guard team being the most efficient, okay? So if they don't get a break then they will easily tire. And then if they tire and they get a break, they tire even faster the next time. And then you start with your freshest guard at the beginning of the shift. But breaks are essential, not just to security guards, but they're also essential to guards who are watching CCTV and your CCTV uh, control rooms and your security control rooms and these places that uh, the people who are running your security on site in real time are being uh, made efficient and being given the breaks that they need. I just think that that's huge. I just think that that's important. So I put it in there at tracktick.com. Look, features and products like this are excellent ways to strengthen the most common of capable guardians, which is the security guard. 
if you take care of your guard force, you take care of an area or a system that if in place is a certain force against crime taking place from an outside source. Remember, routine activity theory is founded on three elements. Number one, a likely offender with both criminal inclinations and the ability to carry out those inclinations. Number two, a person or object that provides a suitable target. And number three, the absence of a guardian capable of preventing violation. I want you to take this into your craft. I cannot reiterate how much it is um, so true that the technician that understands method is more effective. Okay, you can understand the method and the, the theory behind routine activity theory. You can walk onto a secure uh, or an in, or an unsecure site that you're securing, and you can begin to see more weaknesses, more holes in in the security, more opportunities for this crime to take place because you now know what three things are needed for crime to take place. So I want you to take this into your craft, okay? That's all I got to say. Look, that's it for security today. And this week's shout out goes to my fellow hip hop head and friend, Eric, at The Attic Snook. That's at sign, The Attic, S-N-O-O-K. Now, if Eric isn't out fishing in Saratoga, he can be found climbing around in attics, running wire, fixing things, and hosting his Instagram TV show, Between Two Studs, where he introduces products like Pelican Coolers, to which he's an ambassador of, I guess, because he's that freaking cool, and he recalls awkward service calls. You can visit his Instagram page, become one of the 1,700 followers following him right now, and then click the link in his bio to submit an awkward service call, because I know you got him, and then he can recount it on his next episode. Now, when you follow him, or if you already do shoot him a dm and let him know that you heard of him here and then write him a love letter ballad and uh perform it outside one of the studs of the house he's working at he'll really appreciate it (laughs) i hope that you are blaring this podcast while your windows are down and you're telling all of your friends your coworkers, you're writing like facebook posts to people that are really random that you haven't talked to in 20 years but you're like hey i found this podcast you got to listen to it and um you're also remembering to follow this podcast on instagram at security today podcast and then follow me at uncle bear that's b-a-e-r underscore and then while you're at it oh my gosh there's so many at thins follow at low voltage nation on instagram inquire with them through a dm be like yo i heard security today they were pumping low voltage nation i need to know how to get involved i'm a low volt expert and i do really good work and i'm trying to be better and i want to be part of the community what do i have to do do that right now and then when you're done with that go to your podcast platform and type in low voltage nation and subscribe to their podcast you'll have even more to listen to this community will not build itself so get involved and add to it what you can all of the resources that you hear on these episodes are in the show notes i'm uncle bear and i will see you next time on security today (laughs) 